Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. I'd like for you to take your Bibles with me and turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. It's okay for a missionary to speak out of Psalm 34, right? We don't have to go to like Matthew 28 automatically, do I? It's all right? Okay. Good. All right. Psalm 34. Um, We want to go here. And uh, wow, this was just such an encouraging psalm to me uh, when I was reading it in my quiet time uh, last week. And um, the Lord just... um, really put it on my heart to share a few things out of this scripture tonight. And so we're at Psalm 34. I'd like to read. I just go ahead and read. I'll go ahead and read the whole psalm. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to focus in on probably the first 10 verses of this psalm. Uh, psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Wow, this is great. And his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry. And the Lord, praise God, heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. All of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be Desolate. Lord, we just come to you and as we pray over this psalm this evening. Thank you so much for your salvation. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you that we can uh, have all of our needs met through you. Lord, I thank you for the peace that you can give us in spite of the circumstances that we are in and all the things that are going around uh, around us that are that seems so terrible. Lord, thank you for that peace that we can have through you. Lord, I pray that you'd bless your word this evening. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 34 is such a beautiful psalm. And it, if, if you have 
a Bible similar to mine, you'll notice at the top of this psalm, it, uh, um, it, it might say something to introduce this psalm. Mine says, a psalm of David. Um, so this David wrote this psalm, and it says, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. So it's interesting to note uh, where this comes from. It actually comes from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21. And it's just a small portion of scripture there that talks about what happened uh, to David and um, those uh, men that were with him. It says in Psalm First uh, Samuel, excuse me, First Samuel twenty-one. It's it says in verse ten, and David arose and fled that day from for fear of Saul. So you notice he was afraid, right? He was afraid, and so he's running, and and he went to Achish, the king of Gath. So he's gone into Philistia and gone to this town of Gath, and it says the servants of Achish said unto him, Is that is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands. And David laid up these words in his heart. And look what happened to David again, right? It says, and he was what? Sore afraid, right? Of King Achish, the king of Gath. And so he took matters into his own hands, starting here in verse 13. He, he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and screamed and scrabbled or scratched or clawed, right, on the doors of the gate and let spittle fall down upon his beard. He's drooling all over the place and he was scratching uh, on the doors and, and, and made himself to look like he was crazy. And, and Achish said, uh, it says here, unto his servants, Lo, ye see the man is mad. Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that ye ha- have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And then verse 1 of chapter 22 says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his, uh, and when his brethren and all of his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. So this is the story that this psalm is speaking about. And David wrote this psalm in the cave thinking about the salvation that God had provided for him. The thing is, is David had to learn that um, God was going to protect him no matter what. That God was going to be with him no matter what. Played the fool, literally played the fool in front of the king so that he could try to escape. Now you could imagine his, maybe his troop, his army, his mighty men and those guys. How did you escape? Well, this is how he escaped. Wow, that was pretty brilliant of you. That was pretty quick-witted of you, David. But David was very quick here in this psalm to say, whoa, stop. Yeah, what I did was stupid. Okay? Salvation only came by God. God is the one who saved, who saved us. Uh, we know from this psalm as we read through it, it wasn't just David there, but there were his men with him. Because it says that when this was happening, it says their faces were lightened and their countenance had changed, right? And so there was other people with him besides just, just him himself. And so David writes this psalm as a testimony of God's salvation. And I think it's important for us to, to understand that. That uh, we need to also have this testimony of salvation on our own hearts 
and in our own lips and on our own faces and in our own actions. And so those are the things that as I read down through this scripture that, that come to mind. Well, we look at this, we see, number one, that the, the testimony that we have is a choice. It was a choice that David made right here in this psalm. He said in verse 1, I will, means that he's decisive in what he's going to do. He's making a choice that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, David could have stopped here and said, wow, uh, you know, I was pretty quick-witted. You know, I did something pretty, pretty amazing. I tricked the king, right? But that's not what he says. He said, salvation is from the Lord, and I'm going to bless him at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Not the, the praise of myself, but his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm so thankful to the Lord that he's given us some wonderful children, and it's by his grace that we have wonderful children. And um, when we moved to the place that we are living at now and establishing this new church, we began to know our neighbors. That was one of the big things, big deal for us. We wanted to love our neighbors. We wanted to, as we fulfill the Great Commission, you have to fulfill the Great Commandment, right? And so we're, we're getting to know our neighbors and trying to love on our neighbors. And so we uh, met our, our across-the-street neighbor, and uh, they had a couple boys that were around our boys' age. And, um, I, you know, this was about, you know, five years ago, six years ago. And uh, they were interacting and, and getting to know each other. And after being there for about a month, uh, the, the, the mother came up to me and said, yeah, uh, why are your kids so good? My kids are terrible. <laughs> and so I had, a, I had a moment of a little bit of pride, okay, and I thought, well, it's because they have a good dad, you know. No, I didn't say that, right? I took that opportunity to share the grace of God with that, with that lady. And I said, it's only by the grace of God our children are that way. It's because we love God and we love his word and we follow his word, knew the Lord. And so that way. And your kids could be that way too if they only knew the Lord. And so we were able to start planting seeds in the lives of, of those around us, right? And, and, and I could have taken that time to praise myself, right? I could take that time to praise myself, but that's not what we're to be doing as believers. We're to be praising the Lord. His, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. Paul, over in the New Testament, in Ephesians 5, verse 20, he says, giving thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find this same principle over in the New Testament. He also says to the Thessalonican church in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God. And so we understand that this is what we are to do. We are to make a choice. And when things aren't going well, that's when the test comes. If you're going to actually do what the Bible says, it's easy to praise God when everything's going well. That's not that's not the real test. OK. And so here we are in this pandemic. How have you handled that, by the way? Individually, how have you handled that? Think about it. Through this pandemic or whatever you want to call it, you might not believe in it. I'm not here to judge you or, or argue with you about any of that, okay? But it's reality, okay? So how are you handling that? 
Are the, all the words that you have to say about that, you know, I, I hate our governor, I want to go to his door, and I want to knock it down and give him a piece of my mind, right? Oh, I, I, I can't stand having to wear masks, I can't, and you're just constantly complaining, is that what a Christ-like spirit is? Hmm. That's when the true test comes, if you are following Christ and you're following the Word of God. I'll continually be in my mouth. Obviously, we're not thankful for the coronavirus or whatever might be happening in your life personally right now. It's not what we're talking about, but we can always be thankful and we can always be in an attitude of praise even through difficulties. I hope you can learn that. It's tough. I understand it's difficult sometimes. But if you can learn to make a choice to praise God continually, let me tell you, it will change your life. It will change your life. It won't get rid of the bad things in your life, okay? But it will change the way you look at those things. Do you realize that this is very temporary? What we're, we're experiencing here on earth is very temporary, okay? We have way more to look forward to. Think about that. Have eternity in focus. We also see here, in, starting in verse 2, that testimony is a choice. Being a testimony for Christ is a choice. Speaking out and praising Him is a choice, but also it is to be spoken out loud. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Boasting, right? Boasting isn't something you do silently, is it? Okay? That's not something you do silently. It's something you do out loud. Right? My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us what? Exalt his name together. This testimony is to be spoken, boasting, magnifying, exalting. The idea of showing off God, right? We want to show him off to the world. That's what the idea is here. We want to show him off. We want people to see that we have something way better than anything else in this world. We have way better than any religion has to offer this world. We have the living God inside of us. Boast of the Lord. Many of us shy away from that. God help us. Help us to be your mouthpiece. Paul gives several rhetorical questions over in Romans chapter 10. Helping us to understand and to think about what needs to happen for others to know Christ. He says, how shall they... Uh, well, verse 13 in, in chapter 10 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's awesome, isn't it? And then he gets into these rhetorical questions. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, a lot of people get the, uh, uh, misunderstand this. Mis they misunderstand this. Oh, so we need to make sure that, that Pastor Fountain is going out and doing his job, right? We, we, we need to hire a guy to go out and preach, right? That is not what this is talking about. We, we, we've kind of culturally 
taken over this word to think that it's standing up on a stage and proclaiming to people that are already saved what what the gospel is. But that's not what this preaching is. There is a difference in the New Testament between preaching and teaching. What I'm doing right now is teaching. Okay? What preaching is, is leaving the walls of this place and going out and telling others about Christ. That means every one of us are preachers. That means there are supposed to be women preachers. Not in the same way we're thinking, okay? Let's, let, don't start throwing eggs at me, okay? Right? Boys and girls, men and women, teenagers, we are all to be preachers. And this is, the, this is the, 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 what Paul is burdened by here. He says, how will they hear unless you go and tell them? How will your family members who aren't saved and don't have any hope in their how will they hear? You're not supposed to go up and say, Pastor Fountain, I've got, a, I've got someone that, that needs the gospel. Can you go tell them? No, that's your responsibility, not his. Okay? Your responsibility is to reach those in which the, oh, God has given you, that circle of people that God has given you. That is your opportunity to preach the gospel wherever you're at. How shall they hear without a preacher? We have to open our mouths. We have to magnify the Lord. We have to boast of the Lord. We have to exalt the name of Christ. Verses 5 through 7, we see that their testimony was not only spoken, but it was seen by others. It says they looked unto him and were gained. Wow, their faces were lightened. The idea here is, is that they found God to be all that they expected or hoped that he would be. They had, they had no cause to be disappointed. The, this word here, ashamed, isn't like I'm, I'm shying away from something, but it, it has the idea of being disappointed or having uh, regrets for trusting Christ or for trusting God, right? But we see here that they had no cause to to be disappointed of what had been done. What was true of them will be true of all who put their trust in God. This same word lightened is, was, were, uh, was used when Moses came down uh, from, the Mount, from Mount Sinai. And when he came down after being with God, the Bible says that his face was shone bright, right? It was lightened. It was shone bright. And the people freaked out. They were like, whoa, what is, you look like a light bulb. What's going on? And they grabbed a veil, the Bible says, and they wrapped it around his face. They were so scared of what had happened to him, right? And so every time that he would go and come back, they would have this veil wrapped around him. But his countenance changed after being with God. And this should be for you and I. When we meet with God on a daily basis, it should be evident in your life. And it should be evident in my life. Saved them from, the, from King Achish. Their faces were lightened. Their countenance changed. They were excited. They were happy. And our lives also should show that we've been with the Lord and that He's saved us and that we have salvation, hope, and eternal life through Christ. Second Corinthians verse three, or chapter 3, verse 18. Paul puts it this way, but we all... All of those who are saved with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of God. The Bible then says are changed. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. When the spirit comes to live within your heart, it should change you. 
If there's not a change in your life, I would seriously consider whether or not you are born again. Because he says you will be changed. Later on in chapter 4 and verse 6 of 2 Corinthians, he says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts, those who are already saved. And what, what reason is there for that, he says, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We should shine bright. Jesus called us salt and called us light in Matthew 5, right? That we shine bright for him. And that people can see a change in our life. Not only do we speak of it, but people see the change in our own life. We have a young lady in Taiwan. Her name is Shelby. Her English name. It's not a real name, technically. But we call her Shelby. And when she was very young, very young, uh, first grade and second grade, she had a teacher. Um, in the, she lived up north in the northern part of Taiwan. She had a teacher. And the teacher, um, every day, would end the day with her students at the elementary school, first and second grade, with Jesus loves you. Simply that. Jesus loves you. And in Chinese, of course, okay? Jesus loves you. And so she grew up and got into um, junior high. And, um, sorry, um, junior high. And... Um, her mom and dad were in great debt. And they didn't know how they were going to pay the debt off. And so they hired someone to murder the mom because they had insurance. And they would take that insurance and pay their debt. And the mom, of course, would die. Doesn't that sound terrible? Happens a lot, actually, in Taiwan. And the man who they hired ended up murdering their mother, right in front of her in a car. Of course, they found out that it was murder for hire and all that, and they didn't get the money in their house, and their family were completely shamed. But she met with a counselor when she was in junior high after that, and the junior, uh, this counselor in junior high didn't really know what to tell her, you know? What do you tell a, a junior high kid? But... She happened to also be a Christian. Let me tell you, it's very, very few Christians in all of Taiwan. She's her first and second grade teacher was a Christian. And now this counselor is a Christian and she uses the same words. She says, I don't know what to tell you, but Jesus loves you. And she remembered those things. And she tried to commit suicide many times in her life because the pain was just too great, she thought. And she went to different through different avenues, trying to find peace, trying to find happiness in her life, uh, doing all kinds of different things. And when she got to the end of that, she tried to commit suicide, and it was unsuccessful. And she decided that she would join the Special Forces Mountain Division in Taiwan. And she thought, as long as I could be all constantly be around a group of other people, that should help me, Right? Um, but she was finding very little peace with that as well. But her sergeant was also a Christian and told her, you know, I don't know what to tell you because she shared her life with him and, and was just beside herself. And, she, and her sergeant said, I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you is that Jesus loves you. Well, 
that, she hadn't heard that in many years. But she remembered that her elementary school teacher had told her that. And so she went and looked up on Facebook, you know how you can do nowadays, to see if her teacher was on Facebook. And she was. And uh, by that time, her teacher had moved way down south in Taiwan, in the town of Xining, and was a member of our church there. And she said, can I come visit you? And she said, of course. And so she came, and we met her the first day, or second day she was there, and began to share Christ with her. And she began to get excited about it. And she was there Easter Sunday, and she, she knew she needed Christ, but she wanted a little more time. And she was actually going back to her base um, in the middle of Taiwan, and my parents are still there. And so I said, let me, let me give you my parents' number, and when you have time off, you can come and visit them. And she went and visited them. And this lady who was just so, so heartbroken and so down and no happiness, joy, peace in her life, the following Sunday went right back to church there and met my parents and she gave her life to Christ. And she said, if it wasn't for, she calls her mom now because she really didn't have a mom, but it wasn't for mom telling me when I was first and second grade that Jesus loves me. I don't, I would have never, I would have never had this happen to me. And Sometimes that's just all it takes, folks. You don't, have to, you don't have to have a theological degree to be a testimony for God. All it takes is telling someone else that Christ loves them, died for them, and cares about every little thing in their life, and he knows what's happening. I kind of congratulated our teacher and her evangelism efforts. And she says, I didn't, I didn't think it was very much of a thing at all. And I said, little is much when God is in it. Amen. All it takes is the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Just a little bit, right? And Christ can do amazing things. His spirit can do amazing things when we... Just step out and trust him. We find that Shelby is one of the smiliest people we meet now. She's so happy because she knows who Christ is. And in this psalm, it says the reason for their happiness. The reason for their happiness and the reason for Shelby's happiness. The reason for my happiness is that the Lord heard him, right, in verse 6, and saved him out of all of his troubles. Praise God for salvation. Praise Him. It says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. Praise God for His deliverance. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's so good. My son, Josiah, don't mean to embarrass you, son, but he, uh, <laughs> when he... When he eats, when he eats, he eats. He doesn't taste. I mean, I turn around and then turn back around and the food is gone. And so I'm always saying, Josiah, where did your food go? I ate it. 
And so I always ask him, well, did you even taste it? Did you even taste it? Oh, yeah, I tasted it, right? But the idea of this taste and see that the Lord is good is, is not how my son does it. It's not just wolf it down and, and assume it was good, right? It's kind of what a food critic would do, right? How they put it in their mouth and they kind of switch around their mouth a little bit. I know one guy takes his glasses off and he folds his arms as he considers what he's eating, right? He wants to get the full flavor of what he's eating. And this is the idea of this taste, to consider it seriously and thoroughly and affectionately, right? And really try it, really take it to task. This is opposed by slight and vanishing thoughts that we have or just looking quickly and going by. But to really know what you're tasting. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hebrews puts it like this. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 4 through 6. It says, for it is impossible. Listen. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heaven, of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they should fall away and renew them again unto repentance, seeing they have crucified themselves, the Son of God afresh, and have put him to open shame. This scripture is saying that if you really know Christ, if you really have tasted and seen that he is good, there is no going back. There's no way that you would go back on Christ. He says, this, the, the writer says, it's impossible. It's impossible. For those of us who have really tasted and, 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 and really tasted God's goodness and God's graciousness and God's peace and God's hope and God's joy in our hearts, we will never go back. And this is what this psalm is saying. I have no regrets because I know who God is and that he's my salvation. He's my rock. He's my strong tower. He's my salvation. Peter says in 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 3, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So here, Peter puts it on the back. The Hebrew writer puts it on the top, right? If you know, really know how good God is, then guess what? You're going to put away all the things that you used to do. You're going to, you're going to put away evil speaking and backbiting and complaining and, and lying and cheating and hypocrisies and envyings and all these things. And you're going to have such a desire in your heart to love the Lord and to grow through him and to cherish his word. That's what Peter's saying. If so be ye, ye have tasted the, the, the goodness of God. He is so good. Folks, he is so good. If you've not really tasted God's goodness, please, I beg you, know him. Try him, taste him, really taste him. You won't regret it. David and his men never regretted it. It changed their lives. It's changed my life. It's changed my family's life. It's changed Shelby's life and many, many other Taiwanese. It's changed their lives because they know he's good. 
gives us what we need. He's there. He protects us. He loves us. I hope you know that this evening. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.